The Old Testament book of Jonah is not the story of a great fish. It is the story of a great God. In a world on the verge of judgment and desperate for a spiritual awakening, it holds a message we all need. Salvation is of the Lord. Join us in the book of Jonah today as we study God's Word with Scott Pauley. We are living in an angry world. There's no question about that. But the anger that is most destructive is not the anger in the world. It is the anger, unrighteous, unholy, uncontrolled anger in God's people. And I must tell you, at this time in history, there are a lot of frustrated people worked up about so many things that have allowed themselves to become so filled with the spirit of anger, they cannot be filled with the love of God. We're in Jonah chapter number four, and you'll remember that Nineveh has just repented. Praise God. And the Lord repented. That's the Bible word. Uh, They turned to him. He turned to them. They turned from their sin to the Lord. He turned from his judgment to them in mercy. Praise God. And yet, there was still someone who needed to repent, and that was Jonah. Because the Bible says in Jonah 4 verse 1, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. You can tell a lot about a man by what makes him mad, what he gets worked up about. In fact, this theme of anger is woven all through the chapter. In verse number four, then said the Lord, doest thou well to be angry? Verse number nine, and God said to Jonah, doest thou well to be angry for the gourd? And he said, I do well to be angry even unto death. (laughs) This This is like most of us, isn't it? We get angry. We get worked up about something. And we justify it. We call it righteous indignation. A friend, not all anger in the life of a believer is righteous indignation. It can be. But even righteous indignation has to be dealt with every day. Because even the things you get worked up about, uh, rightly, if you don't deal with that anger in you, it can overtake you. Anger is a powerful emotion. It It is a cancer that if you're not careful and begin to erode at the very heart of a man. And most anger is not spiritual. Most anger is fleshly. Now, yes, we ought to be angry at what makes God angry. Uh, We ought to be angry first at our own sin. You know, we have this tendency always to be hard on others and easy on ourselves. It ought to be the exact opposite. Uh, We ought to show mercy to others, and we ought to be hard on ourselves. But we must deal with the spirit of anger in our own lives. Are you an angry Christian? Are you worked up today? Are you so annoyed and aggravated and agitated that it's coming out on your countenance? It's uh, revealing itself in the way you respond to people, in your reaction to circumstances, in the way you treat your family. Is it possible even that our anger is preventing a lost world from seeing the love of our great God? Let's compare Scripture with Scripture for just a moment. If you go over to the New Testament, to Paul's writings, In both Ephesians and Colossians, he deals uh, very thoroughly with this matter of anger. For example, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 26 says this, Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. So, yes, there's a time and place to be angry. 
over the things that anger God, over things that are unholy and unjust. And yet the Bible says that we must be so careful, so guarded in our own spirit that in that anger we do not sin. You see, religious flesh is still just flesh. And if you're not careful, you can get angry over something that you ought to be upset over, but you can allow that then to come out in a way that is not honoring to God and is sin in itself. Be angry and sin not. And then he says this, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. You shouldn't live in a spirit of anger. Look, you weren't made as a vessel to carry anger around all the time. You can't handle it. After a while, it's going to handle you. So every night, this must be dealt with. At the close of every day, we must yield our spirit to the control of the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, the next verse says, we give place to the devil. It's interesting, this passage, Ephesians 4, is the same passage that says, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, we have this, this, I think, idea that it's the real fleshly, wicked, gross, immoral things that grieve the Holy Spirit. No doubt those grieve the Holy Spirit. But what about our sins of the Spirit? Uh, what about those subtle things beneath the surface of our life that no one may see until suddenly it starts bringing fruit in our lives that should never be there? Those are the things that grieve the Holy Spirit of God. If you come across to Colossians, remember Ephesians and Colossians are parallel books. Colossians 3 and verse 8 says it this way, But now ye also put off all these, and guess what's first on the list? First thing on the list is anger. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. That's a bad list. And what tops the list? It is anger. Do you know the first mention of anger in the Bible? is in the life of Esau. Uh, you remember Esau? You remember all the terrible fruit that came from a spirit of anger, all the things that grew out of that, a family disrupted, uh, destruction came, a curse upon his life. Why? It all started with anger. And we're going to deal with this more thoroughly as we walk through Jonah chapter 4, but let's just introduce the idea today with a few questions. Here's a good question. Who battles anger? You ready for the answer? Everyone. Everybody. Even those close to God. You see, sins of the Spirit are so deceptive and so destructive, and they creep in. Uh, we, we get so fixated on the anger all around us, but I ask you, has anger crept into your heart and into your home? Because, friends, if a preacher like Jonah, who has just preached and seen a citywide revival take place, a whole city turned to God, if he could be dealing with anger, I guarantee you, you and I can. In fact, I told someone recently, I, I, I'm troubled about the fact how quickly I can go from being spiritually minded to being fleshly minded. How quickly we go from God bless you, friend, to suddenly saying something about someone we shouldn't say. How quickly we go from loving the Lord to being angry over something. So we all battle it. Here's another question. When does it come? Well, sometimes it comes after chastening. You remember God is dealing with Jonah. He's gone through a season of chastening. Now, oftentimes we don't understand what God is doing. Uh, you'll notice that in the passage... It says that Jonah was exceedingly displeased. Who was he displeased with? God. Sometimes it's not people that get you worked up. Sometimes it's what the Lord is doing or what we perceive he is not doing. And so it can come after chastening. Did you know that it can even come after a spiritual time? Remember, they've just seen a time of repentance and obedience, a spirit of revival. Oh, be on guard, my brother, my sister. Any day and any moment of any day, the flesh pokes its ugly head up and anger begins to creep in. Here's another question. What causes it? Well, it could be your own circumstances, frustration. It could be disappointment with others. 
It could be that God didn't do it your way. It could be your own failure. Uh, But there are a plethora of things that may contribute to it, but in the end, it's the same emotion and it's the same sin. It is anger. It is us thinking we have to be in control instead of us submitting to God's control. And then why is it so dangerous? It's so dangerous, yes, because it hurts others, but primarily because it's the opposite of God. You see, Jonah 4 begins with Jonah angry, and it ends in verse 11 with God's love, God loving 120,000 babies and a city full of cattle. The love of God is revealed. What a contrast here. Just remember this. No matter how right you may feel, always remember the New Testament says that the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. James 1 verse 20. It means this. If you're operating on anger, if that's the motivating and dominating spirit of your life, you cannot produce any good thing out of that. Anger is not a fruit of the Spirit. No, the fruit of the Spirit is what's first on God's list, love. And today, we must choose whether we're going to be angry Christians or by the grace and help of our great God, we're going to be Christians full of His love. Do you want to go further in your study of the Bible? Visit us at enjoyingthejourney.org. You will find hundreds of articles, sermons, and podcast episodes in our online library. You can search the archive by scripture or subject, and we trust it will help you as you continue your journey in scripture. Thanks for listening, and we hope you will join us again next time on Enjoying the Journey.